listening to the North Avenue Show, a podcast devoted to sharing the stories of some top entrepreneurs and marketing directors. I'm Andrew Curtin, and I'm sitting down with top executives to talk about their process, lessons learned, and how to make an impact. Hello and welcome to the North Avenue Show. Today I had Neville O'Donoghue calling onto the show. Neville is currently the director and founder of Benchwarmers and has created a huge social media establishment across various platforms. Just one quick announcement before I leave you into the show. Myself and Neville experienced some technical difficulties about 10 to 12 minutes into the show. I really hope this doesn't affect your user experience and I hope you continue to enjoy the show. Neville, thanks for joining the show. No bother, Andrew. Great to have you on. So let's go back to the beginning, Neville. Tell us about how Benchwarmers began and how, how it evolved into this social media empire it is today. Well, I'm from a small town in Yall in Cork, as you know, and um, we got a local radio station here called Community Radio Yall. And it started as a sports show on a Sunday evening called The Benchwarmers. Myself and Aaron Kenny, another fellow from Yall, we did it. And we used just talk about sports. We used to interview people from the world of sports. If you, we interviewed John Delaney, well, former FAI president. We interviewed Ali Campbell, former Irish out half, uh, Davy Russell, Intercounty, GA Stairs, the two friendly asses from Waterford, Clinton Hennessy, um, Bill Cooper, so, and a whole array of people. And then... Then as time went on, I, I set up a Facebook page or Twitter or an Instagram and then it just started all going online and um, it evolved from a radio show just slowly but surely. I originally set it up in November 2011, um, mm. but then I, like for a year or two, I was working, I went traveling, I went back to college and at that time I was still tipping away in it. But you could say I've been at it now full time since the summer of 2014. Yeah, and and tell us, Neville, just a bit more about, I suppose, the expansion from radio into, I suppose, social media content production, uh, sports, news and media. Um, how did it evolve into, into such? Did you realise that there was more of a market for uploading, captivating social media content rather than doing a radio show? Not really, like, I suppose, look, it was the snowball effect, really, you know, it, it started out as a hobby, then turned into a passion, and now I'm happy to say it's a full-time job, like, I got, I started off trying to get to 100 likes or follows, then 200, and then I kept spreading and spreading it, and then inviting people's friends to follow the page, and all sorts of things, but at the time, it was really, yeah, it was starting to take off, I suppose, and I suppose, you could say I was lucky, but then, I suppose you could say I spotted a gap in as well. Um, just some of the stuff I was putting up in the page, people were liking it, people were reacting to it, and it just started to grow and grow. And um, and the better it did, the more followers we got. So, yeah, like, look, I, I think it's very hard if you wanted to set up something like that now. You know, I was very lucky, as I said. I got ahead of the, ahead of the, the, the takeoff of it. And... Um, yeah, like that's 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 how it. So, like, look, I got I got very lucky, but I suppose at the same time you could see I, I spotted a gap, and shuts the way it's gone now with everyone on their smartphones just looking at stuff, you know. Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And just for listeners who might not be familiar with your brand, could you just give us a brief run through of your your services? I suppose the I suppose the value, the content you upload. Could you just give us a run through of what you actually do? 
Right, well, we're basically a sports website. We're a blog, you know, so kind of like, I suppose your listeners would be familiar with the journal or the lad Bible. We're another type of one of them. Um, but basically, um, so like I, I, I would sit around all day and watch sports and post about it, you know, not, not a bad job, I suppose. But um, <laughs> like basically... It, it's like the newspapers have evolved, you know, like we're basically an online newspaper now. Like you can see, so we, we attract advertisers by the amount of hits we get to our website. So like you can see maybe five or 10 years ago, people used by the Irish Examiner or the Irish Times and Tesco or whoever used to be mad to put an ad on that because so many people from Munster and Ireland used to be buying the Examiner or the Times. Now it's all shifted online. So, so many people are hitting on your website every day. So now the likes of, for us anyway, Paddy Power, Betfair, Lifestyle Sports, they're mad to put an ad on our website because we have a young demographic of so many people coming onto our website every day. And mm. Lifestyle and Paddy Power are getting uh, advertisement off it. So that, that's what we do really. We're like, we're a, a blog and a news outlet, so to speak. Yeah. And I suppose... Maybe a small bit of a high pressure or a difficult question for you, Neville. I suppose it's believed that in your industry, um, you're dealing a lot with copyright infringement issues and there have been warning signs from different social media platforms about shutting down certain pages um, involved in these type of infringements. Could you tell us a bit more about that and maybe your experiences with it? Yeah, like we've looked, like, um, to be honest with you, like, if I'd be like back in the day, I suppose about five years ago, six years ago, I mean, very honest, it was a lot of it was very much a free for all, right? Like people weren't policing it at all, and it was a very grey area, and everything was up in the clouds. And the Lad Bible, a lot of other websites, they grew their followers by just putting up videos, you know. And like there was at the time, like there was no real. There wasn't much being said, so no one was really policing it. Now, at the time, we would have put up a few videos, and like in my defence, I remember I was trying to juggle college and everything, and like when everyone else was putting up the videos, I was just, well, I, I was going to be, I was not going to be very naive and not put them up. So we just put up videos, and and uh, I suppose like looking back at it now, like yeah, like we probably. Like we might have put up a goal belong to Sky, which probably wasn't right, or we might have put up um, a, a video belong to some individual, which probably wasn't right. But like, look, time has evolved now, and when it comes to copyright now, yeah, look, I'm happy to say we have no issues with it now. Like, you just have to be very careful now. You know what you can and cannot put up. Like, if you look at our, if you look at our platforms now. Like you won't see a clip belong to Sky or La Liga because it's clear you can't put up stuff like that. And then, but the, but then you also have to be afraid of or, or worried about. Say if you do a video today of you kicking a football and it goes viral, you know you have to you have to seek the permission of the of the holder of that video. You know, and so like what a lot of teams probably do is. Like we'd seek out the permission. If we can find the permission, sometimes we'd put it up. And if the individual contacts us, that's my video. Can you please credit me or take it down? And we do that. And there's there's no problem. So like, look, at the start, like I, uh, copyright probably was an issue. But I, I think that's an easy uh, stick to beat someone with as well. You know, like I, you do what you can to grow the page. But like, I think 
as business evolved, you evolve. And back then, when the whole thing was taken off, the whole thing was up in the air. And I think a lot of media outlets, like, are, are, they probably don't like that the likes of us uh, and the Lad Bible and a few others probably got away with that because that's how we grew our following, you know? But, mm-hmm. like, that, I suppose that was up that, like, look, we, we worked with what we could, you know? But, um, yeah, look, t- t- business evolved, times evolved, and, look, I'm happy to say that we, we don't have any issues with copyright anymore, like, you know? Yeah, no, that's that's great to hear. I suppose you see, you still see a lot of platforms um, to say an amateur video does go viral. You do see some of the websites still jumping on and I suppose trying to reap the benefits of that viral video. Um, but I guess it is it is ethical just to credit the person who did create the video. Would, you be, would I be right in saying that? You are, yeah. You know, and it's no harm either because, like, look, if you put up the video... You're still going to get the hits out of it, and why not credit the individual? You know, so it's it's no skin off your back, really. You know, but um, but then like, look, look. To be honest with you, it's a tough game you're in, right? Because like, like when you put a video up and it goes viral, you're making no money off it. You know, like a lot of people yeah. think you are. The only thing you're getting out of it is traction and followers. You know, so mm-hmm. like, uh, like that's that's what you're trying to do the whole time. You're just trying to build a brand, promote the brand, but then you're trying not to step on too many toes, you know, because the, the, the last thing you want to do is put up a video and then fill it, someone's given out about you that, or they didn't, but it's great then when you put up a video, you got the permission and all, and everything is hunky-dory, you know? Like, like I'll give you, a few months ago there, I'll give an example. Like, there, there's companies out there now, uh, Media Junkie and a few of them that go around and, buy up amateur videos and then they sell them on to other websites, you know? But uh, I remember one day I, I saw a video, a very good video. I could see it was going viral. I quickly mm. messaged the individual, any chance we can put that up and credit you on that? And he said, yeah, no bother, lads. And I took the video, put it up, credited the individual. And then uh, like a few hours later, we got hit with a copyright strike from Media mm. Junkie. And mm. then I was able to, I had a screenshot of the permission from the original source and Media Junkie had to remove their copyright strike. So like mm. that, that for me was very satisfying because, you know, that's the way it should be done. And when you'd like uh, Media Junkie or whoever were trying to, were trying to get you with a copyright in that, and look, they had no problem then that everything was hunky-dory, that everything was above board. So... It's mm. nice when you see that, like you know. Yeah, exactly. And I suppose for some people who are uploading videos and trying to create a brand for themselves, and they're in their early days, like guys like he jumping on board is gold for some of them. I suppose startups, you want to call them, that they're more or less piggybacking on year following and year increasing their brand as well. So there's two sides to every kind, I guess. There is, you know, and like. um Look, we're only all trying to make a living, really. Like you know, but it it, it is important that you that, that that you do it right, like you know, because I can appreciate that people put a lot of time and effort into some videos, and then they can get lucky, and then the video gets robbed from someone else. But look, I, I think, um, yeah, look, as you said, if 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 an injury, if if a, if a business would say two thousand or three thousand followers, they put up a video and it was a very good video, but then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. benchwarmers with 2.3 million on Facebook 
uh, took it and put it up and credited them. Sure, like what business isn't going to be happy with that? Like you know, so look, it's exactly yeah, it's it's a win-win for everyone really. And um, but as long as you do it right and just be careful about it, you know, mm, for sure. So Neville, I know you've partnered with the Irish Examiner newspaper a few years ago. Could you tell us a bit more about that relationship and how it creates mutual benefit? Yeah, well, about three years ago, Andrew, uh, or sorry, in, as I said, I've been running this since 2011. And um, in about 2014, uh, then I was full-time. But then about 2015, I uh, I came to a stage where, look, I can't do it all on my own. Like, I'd be trying to get business, and then I'd be missed out on stuff. I'm going viral online. So it, I was in the Rubicon for a year. I was in CIT startup. I was there from 2014 to 2015, and George Bullman and a few others uh, they helped me out there. They, we put together our business plan, and we put out a few. We we met with media outlets, we met with angel investors, and I met with the examiner. And for me, the examiner were the best fit. Mm. Um, so, like, I partnered with them in 2015, and I'm with them now just over four years. And um, basically, they've. Like, look, as anyone watches Dragon's Den, um, like, you get your business to a certain height or stage, but then for it to kick on, you need to give up some of it and you need investment. And mm. that that's exactly what the examiner did. And what, I suppose what the examiner get out of it then is, say, if Heineken come to him looking to throw 50 grand at them or whatever for advertisement, I don't know, and... Um, they have breaking news that they have the examiner, they have the echo, uh, and they also own a few radio. I think they're sharing Red FM and a few others. But now they also have a young website called Benchwarmers. So for them, it's another strength to their bow. You know, it makes them stronger when it comes to looking to get advertisement into the door. But um, yeah, so like that's and then for me, so that's what they get out of it. And then for for what what I get out of it then is. They, they help bench warmers drive on and hopefully fulfill its potential. Mm. Oh, exactly. So essentially, they're helping you guys and in investing in your business just to reach a different part of the market and kind of piggyback as well on your audience. And as I said, they're, if they need to do advertising for a younger audience, they can use you guys. Well, look, like I think everyone knows that the demographic of the examiner, they would probably have an older uh, they have a lot of readership in Munster, you know, um, and they they have like probably a, a much older. Whereas we have probably thirteen to about forty age profile people that follow us. Mm-hmm. We're not just Irish. We got a massive following in the UK, Australia, America. Mm-hmm. We're called Benchwarmers. I know our website's Benchwarmers.ie. Unfortunately, I can't get to dot com. Some cute fellas sitting on that, like you know, but um, like we're known as Benchwarmers. We're not Irish examiner. Irish does nothing in the in the title of Irish, and um, so like that's the beauty of us as well that we're only getting bigger and bigger internationally. You know, mm. and as well as bench warmers, Neville, you also have other subsidiary pages. We do because, like, banana switcher, uh, bench warmers is nearly more of a f- football or soccer page. You'd call it now because. And, like, look, uh, I'm a rugby man myself, but I, I love all sports. Like, I play hurling, I play them all. But, like, uh, but it, like, uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of lads out there. And 
nearly everyone I follow Chelsea myself uh, a lot of lads follow Liverpool Man United they can all agree on that they all follow someone in the Premier League or something mm. but then some of them hate rugby they don't, then a lot of English lads don't have a clue what G is and mm. then a lot of them don't like golf or don't like tennis so it became obvious that bench warmers with 2.3 million on Facebook it was time to set up other pages. So I'm happy to say we have the biggest GA following in the country, GA Crack, mm. on Facebook, Instagram. We have a WWE page, we have a DAS page, we have a rugby page, we have a golf page. So what that does is, is to say, obviously, you, you'd have some lads that are mad into GA. Like I see it already. I see it sometimes on Instagram. I see lads liking stuff in GA Crack, but then they don't follow bench warmers. Mm. But sure, that's grand because... They're following us without even knowing it, like because we, we would post post across to the different platforms, and then at the same time, we would uh, we share links onto all those pages, and that brings them back to the Benchwarmers website. You know, yeah, that's a very good attraction method. And tell us, Devil, I suppose your business is obviously nearly one hundred percent, ninety nine percent reliable on social media. I know Facebook, Instagram, and other social media platforms have redesigned algorithms that effectively stop brands from reaching larger audiences organically. How has this affected your business, and what can one do to overcome the obstacle? Well, well it had a huge effect for us. Like, like, and not last January, January 2018, Mark Zuckerberg, if you follow his personal Facebook profile, he put up that... Um, yeah, they were going to drop the algorithm for businesses and pages and websites. So now when you go to Facebook, supposedly you're supposed to see more stuff from your friends rather than from the Daily Mail, Benchwarmers, Sport Bible, etc. Mm. So yeah, that, that, that had a, a problem, no doubt about it. Like, but Instagram, then at the same time, has gone through the roof. You know, we're going up at the moment now, because they're off school, we're going up about a thousand followers, nearly a thousand a day. You know, mm. um, so like that—that's what I would say to anyone. Andrew is like, like look, as Warren Buffett said as well. Like, look, anyone says it, don't have your eggs in the one basket. You know, you should always try and sp- spread the risk. Okay, so like that's why also I have different pages as well as benchwarmers. So if benchwarmers goes down, I have GA crack and I have the other one. But mm. also in terms of social media. If Facebook goes down, I have uh, Instagram, I have Twitter, and look, if I could set up other ones, I would too, like, you know? Mm. But, um, yeah, that's, so if you're a business, you're the whole time trying to not be reliant on, that, that's the same in, in any walk of life, like, you're, you're trying not to be reliant on the one thing, you know? You're trying to, like, for anyone, you should try and have a secondary income or, you know, or other outlets so that if one fails, you have another one, you know. So that, that's what I advise the businesses, really. But, yeah, that, that did have an, an effect on us. But how you probably counter that is you just have to go with it, like, you know, and you have to just try and be even uh, uh, bigger and better on social media, you know, to, to so, like, you can even overcome the algorithm if the, if the content is so good. Mm. And I've heard many social media marketers say that in online conferences and YouTube videos that if the content is really good, there's no algorithm that's going to stop it. Um, exactly. You know, yeah. so if you just concentrate on producing good content, it's just going to be a complete snowball effect and no technologies, no algorithm 
um, is going to stop that rolling and from other people seeing it if, if people keep sharing it and sharing it it's, going to, it's eventually just going to keep going around and it won't, it won't be able to stop really well look that's one thing I realised as well when I was trying to get the intramers one is that the great thing about the internet it covers so much more ground you know and I don't think people appreciate that like 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 I, when I was trying to set up benchwarmers, people going on with leaflets into pubs and stuff, and telling them about this website. But I, I could spend two hours doing that, whereas I could spend two minutes just putting something good up on Facebook, and I would get, I'd get way more traction out of it. You know, mm. because like if you hand in a leaflet or whatever, at the end of the day, people might have a glance at it and that's it. Whereas you can't actually click on the leaflet, you know, or give it a like or give it a follow. Whereas if you come up with a good piece of content it comes straight up on people's phones and they go, oh, that's funny, and they might give it a like or give the page a follow, you know, so... And they're creating yeah. emotional attraction to your brand. As I said, if you're with a leaflet or even even like newspaper and TV advertising to an extent, it's very hard to engage consumers. But if you have something that entertains or educates yeah. uh, viewers, like you're, you're really going to attract them to your brand. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But having said that, like... Uh, print media it's it, like it's still not completely dead like you know like I think Paddy Power like, they, they were very smart in fairness to them the, with, with some posters and stuff you see like the Open was on in uh, Port Rush there last week and they had like well they're famous for the tongue and cheek stuff but they had like posters up of Tiger Woods crashing a car as your company in Port Rush like you know like mm. you can still use stuff like that and like between me and you well I suppose most of, most of my our hometown might know it now is that um, I put up a bench warmers poster as you're coming into y'all you know I put it up yesterday believe it or not because that's still like where we're living like I know listeners from outside of y'all might be listening to it but it's a very busy road so like, like that sign cost me 100 euro but when you think about the cars to be passing on that road you know like mm. sometimes you just have to, if you are going to do print advertising or get a poster or whatever, you just want to get, you, you want to get the most out of it, you know. You don't, you just, you don't want to just do it because everyone else is doing it and do it for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do it like you, like you try and make it worthwhile, otherwise you're better off just putting your money into online, if you ask me. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And tell us, Neville, since I suppose you're so involved in the different social media outlets and stuff, what do you think is the hottest social media platform for your business at the moment are there any new platforms that are emerging that one should utilize Instagram 100% is the hottest like it's it's unbelievable how massive it's gone like you know um, a lot of the older generation are still on Facebook but they're all shifting to Instagram now because they want to see what their mm. their, their, their daughter or their son is at like you know but um, like look it's uh, I think like Instagram is so instant it's so a lot of it then as well like like for young people as well like they have to remember that I suppose might be that headstrong is that a lot of Instagram is pure fake and a lot of BS like you know that um, like a lot of it's not real life either like you know but I do I do think Instagram is yeah it's definitely the way forward and um, like I just think people they want they, they want less writing now and more pictures, you know, and that's what you get on Instagram, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think um, I, I I don't know. Is there another? There probably will be another social platform come along again in another few years. Mm. But there's no doubt about it anyway. 
social media is definitely here to stay. I would say people love it. It's just in terms of what platform it'll be on. That's mm-hmm. one thing. Number two, I would say, I would say that Mark Zuckerberg will generally be at the front of us the whole time because if you look at it, like we're a bit, we're a bit, well, I'm a bit older, maybe you're a bit younger than me, Andrew, but I don't know, do you remember Bebo back in the day? Like I remember, yeah. Bebo, yeah, Bebo was, it was still very new. People didn't know what they were doing, you know, so Bebo got there first, but they didn't, they didn't keep a threshold, you know. They, like the, like um, they didn't innovate enough as much as Facebook did. Yeah, whereas you look at Mark Zuckerberg on Facebook now, like Instagram came along as a serious threat. What did he do? He went along and bought it up, you know? Mm. Like, I would say if something else does come along, he'll just go along and buy it up. He owns WhatsApp as well. He uh, he tried to get Snapchat. Uh, he wouldn't, your man wouldn't sell it to him, but if you look at Instagram and Snapchat now, they're very similar. He's mm. copied a lot of the stuff on it. Mm. So, like, look, to be honest, uh, if I if I'm to be perfectly honest, Andrew, like you'd nearly love at this stage in a few more. Like what most entrepreneurs try and do is they make, they make a business and then they try and sell it and move on. Like you know, and uh, if that opportunity came along, for me, I nearly would because you know, or Instagram's where it's at now, but tomorrow it could be something else. Like you know, so like if you're if you're if you're a good entrepreneur, you try and build it up as much as you can, and then move on and on to the next thing you know mm. and just a quick question has Snapchat had any great effect on your business I know it's kind of fading away slowly there's not as much people utilising it I don't use it at all myself even personally Andrew you know I'm on it but I don't use it you know um, yeah I just think it's hard to get something out of it like you know I I don't see it like I know in fairness I follow Paddy Power and now I think they're they're funny enough in it but like Really, you know, you can't really put links up on it or anything. You know, it's mm. it's a harder one. You know, I think I think with Instagram, you can get more, you can get insights, mm. and you can you, you like you can't get that in Snapchat. You know, like you don't even know who's looking at your story half the time. You know, so but look, I think um, no, I think Snapchat for me. I if I was a business trying to set up now, they'd be. I'd focus on Instagram and Facebook mm. and I'd have a Twitter maybe just for the sake of having a Twitter. Both mm. like Instagram and Facebook is where I'd be putting it all into, you know? Mm. And tell us, David, could you tell us like a, a bit more about the structure of business? How do you guys lay out the day? Because I know you post so much. Do you work remotely or do you have offices? What way does it actually work in the behind the scenes? We, we work remotely, largely, because um, like the exam, I have an office there in Cork City but, like, we generally work from home because, like, you're asking guys to uh, to cover a Champions League match on a Tuesday or Wednesday night, and you can't be asking them to come into an office that's not here. As long as lads are doing their job and putting in their shift, they're happy with that. Like, you know, like, what happens on a Sunday evening is I make out a timetable for the week, and we look at the, what sports are on that week, and rather than have someone on the whole time, we just try and have people around when the sporting match is on, you know, so like, that's why I'm talking to you now, Andrew, because like, if you try to get me on on a Saturday or Sunday, like, there wouldn't be hope, like, you know, and um, even even on a Wednesday, I was down in Yall yesterday, I went down for a swim and all that, because during the week, we're generally quite enough, but in the evenings now, when it's Champions League and at the weekends, when, you know, the Charity Shield is back, is on now this Sunday, 
you know, that there are busy times, you know. So, um, like, like everyone sees, like, the glamour and, you know, how many followers and all that he has, like, you know. But I remember there was a, like, I've often had to not play matches because of the website, you know, because, mm-hmm. like, it's, like, we might have a trip up the north or something and I'd literally just go, look, lads, oh, yeah, I can't do it. Or if I did do it, I'd be, I'd have the laptop on me on the bus the whole way up, like, you know. So, like, look, it's, 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 there's a lot of glamour to it, but look, the only of that in life, I've realised that you get nothing for nothing, like, you have to put the work in, but, um, I think, yeah, in terms of, that, that's how we structure our week. We mm. just structure it around the sporting stuff, and even when there's, even when the tragedy shield is on Sunday, now, generally, we, uh, generally, if it's a quiet evening, we just have the one person on, but, Mm. Uh, on Sunday now when the charity shield is on we'll, we might have two lads uh, two of us on so one of us will cover the website and and the website and Facebook and the other will cover Instagram and uh, Twitter you know mm. and tell us Cyril, what type of content works best for your social media platforms is it mainly humorous or serious emotional or is it just a mix of everything mainly humorous you know like look where, like, the lads would be having a laugh off me in the house. They call me King Troll, you know? So, like, yeah. um, I look, when when Liverpool lose a match or United lose a match, you'll, uh, you'll, go on, you'll go on to BBC or RT for the proper informative write-up, I suppose, you know? But mm. if you want to have a laugh or slag off your mates, you come to bench warmers, like, you know? Yeah. But, um, but, like, look, we're, we're a sports website first and foremost, you know? Like, we've had, we've had posts there where we put up stats or just a nice picture of Gareth Bale or whoever, and that's done equally as well as the as the banter posts, you know? Mm. So, but look, I I think if anyone is trying to set a business up or anything, you're always better off to go humor, you know, because people go onto social media as an outlet, as a bit of a laugh, you know? Like, mm. life, is, life is serious enough as it is, so... That, that's what that's what we try and do, you know. But look, mm. there's, there's been times we've put our foot in a big time, like, you know, and um, you try not to repeat the mistakes, like, you know, like, I'll show you one, like, is that, like, I remember, I'll tell you one is, was it three years ago now, we, we put a picture of Rafa Benitez up crying, and it was in relation to another joke, and, of course, that was him crying at the Hillsborough Memorial. Now, look, I didn't know that at the time, you know, but... People absolutely lost it, and uh, it was on the Liverpool Echo and everything, like you know. And mm. we put up an we put up an apology, but like, and look, time moves on, you know. But uh, like, look, I think people, like, unfortunately, with the internet, things are rarely forgotten as well with screenshots and all that, like you know. But look, mm. you make mistakes and you try not to repeat them. But um, yeah, the, 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 I, I think humor is the way to go for us. Anyway, humor is definitely. But then again, you, you have to be very, like, uh, we'll give you one example. Was it last year? There was um, um, your man presenting. He's one of the main presenters of the darts and Sky News. And one of the betting uh, websites, they made a joke about him. And the, the, the guy, I think he has uh, Neuron Northern, what's it called, that disease, you know? Yeah, and, um, MS. And they didn't, yeah, and they didn't know that. And they got slated on social media, and I rightly so. But in fairness to the Beckham website, they apologised and they said they were going donating money to that cause. So look, mm. time moves on, and like 
I, I think that's fair enough if you apologise. Like it's all split, it's all split second stuff when you're trying to get these jokes up. And um, but look, as I said, if you're a business, just try try humour, but be be careful. It's a thin line, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I suppose this is the, the last question for you, Neville. It's been a, a great chat so far. Um, but Pentorm has been operating for over five years now, and I know you've achieved great success. So what's the future looking like for your brand? Where, where will you guys be going? Are you going to create new revenue streams? Will you set up other subsidiaries? What do you think the future is going to look like? Well, I'll answer that when I know myself, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look, um, look, so far, as I said, I'm happy to say we got about 7 or 8 million people following us in total. You know, like, mm. uh, to I, when I did start it off first, I did have big ambitions for it, but I, I never thought I'd get up to this many. But uh, long may I continue, and I, I just keep driving and pushing it forward. And you're always trying to think of new ideas, you know, and other things. Like, one thing I do have in the back of my head is, I suppose, I would one day love to turn it into something tangible, you know, because you never know what the what way the internet goes, you know. Like, I'd love one day to turn it into a sports bar or something, you know. It's like... Mm. Like, and then not just set up one, set up a, a chain of sports bars, and like, like you already have the social media following, so you wouldn't have to go to anyone to advertise, mm. and you just keep it as a sports website, but also have a sports bar. So I don't know that's one option, but then other there's other stuff like we we would like, I suppose, one day to get into merchandise if at all possible, but then that that's that's not an easy game either, you know. Um, mm. Look. Look at the mine. I heard running a pub isn't easy either. But look, at the moment, like our numbers are going up the whole time. The thing is moving forward. So as long as you keep seeing progress every day, I, I'm happy with that. Like, they, like there'd be nothing worse if the numbers started to stall, you know. But mm. as long as they keep growing and we keep getting bigger and hopefully better, you know, that, that's all you can ask for, really. Like, you know. Yeah. Um. So never we're going to leave us. At that, I really enjoyed the interview. Thanks for all the informative uh, insights, and I'm sure the listeners got real benefit out of it. So we're going to leave it there. And I thanks thanks again for coming on the show. It was great to have you on. Um, no, so but I will. So I'd be kind I, to have on. So thanks a lot. Yeah. Well, I hope uh, I hope your listeners got something out of it, and I hope I didn't step my foot in it too much. But um, no bother, Andrew. And, uh, Best of luck with your business and uh, keep at the podcasts. Uh, I've been listening to one or two and they're very good. Thanks a lot, Neville. Take care.